0: hi guys hope you're keeping safe and well and secure in this lockdown situation so continuing the series of brown car guy and buddies i'm today going to catch up with another good friend of mine tom conway gordon i've known him for well over a decade He's a PR professional. He's from the UK. moved out to Dubai and I got to know him and stuff that he was doing there. He's a good friend, good supporter. And uh, he moved back uh, to the UK a a year or two before I did and he sort of re-established himself here. And it'll be fascinating to discuss the sort of unique challenges uh, and the unique uh, aspects of automotive PR in the Middle East with him. And also to touch on the situation uh, with this uh, lockdown because I think he has a unique insight into this so this will be an amazing conversation stay tuned for that before we get into it make sure that you are subscribing to this channel hit that notification bell icon as well so you get um updates of all the uploads that i put up follow me on social media just search for hashtag brown that's on instagram twitter Facebook, also on browncarguy.com and there's some really interesting content in another place, which I'll tell you about at the end of this video. So here we go. Hey Tom, how you doing? Great to see you, buddy. All good with you?
1: I'm really well, thanks, Azad. Really good to see you. Um, really nice to. Really look forward to our chat today. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit, bit, bit crazy times at the moment, obviously. Oh um, man, seriously,
0: job. this this lockdown. So, I mean, how are you coping with this? What have you been up to? Have you been working from home and stuff?
1: Yeah, I've been working like crazy to be honest. Um, just so you know, I, I work in issues and crisis public relations, and right. obviously this is uh, probably the biggest issue and crisis the world's ever faced in in living memory. And
0: you know, it's exactly, totally exactly. So is that is that to do with like you know how people are coping with the situation and stuff like that? Is that sort of stuff that you would you would look at?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think um, you know, just a quick aside, it kind of feels like I've I've trained twenty years for this moment in my career. Wow, so it's kind of. You know, that kind of cheesy movie line like that. I'm going to have to train 20 years for this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of, uh, oh, I was made serious. for <laughs> this. <laughs> no, i trained for this. I've worked really hard. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about some of my experience you need about.
0: like a scar yeah. and like a cigar sticking out yeah, you know, you're coming yeah, in with an eye patch you know it's like call Tom we need him back one last mission I was made for this
1: <laughs> yeah like Rambo <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, but yeah it's, it's been crazy I mean it's, it was a weird thing to come back and work from home again um, mm-hmm. uh, because it, when I came back from Dubai yeah. um, it quite unsettling anyway to come back And I spent tell it me about time. it trying to get my whole life sorted you know you know you know Mm. it's like very Mm. discombulating so to kind of be home to kind of be home and again having when last time I was working from home was very much like trying to sort my life out get my career back on track that sort of stuff. So when I had that first kind of week of right, you're going back home again. It's like oh yeah. god, yeah. kind of the like ghosts of the last time I was here. So you're, you know, you're like, I but out. I just got out of there. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I just, you know, I've just been in my job about just over almost a year now, yeah. and uh, it's like oh god, I'm going back home. So there was a bit of a. But actually, I just there was so much work to do, and um, mm. and so I've just been yeah really getting on with it, and it's it's been great to have to be busy. I mean, mm. I, I'm I'm very I feel very, very grateful for where I am and how I'm working, and um, I'm pleased. I'm, I'm I feel very lucky. I haven't been furloughed. I think I'd probably go go bored, get bored to tears if I didn't mm. have work to do. I think mm. working really hard is is rewarding, but it also kind of helps mm. the clock tick faster. You know, yeah. weeks have flying yeah. by well this is seven weeks
0: of lockdown now so i mean to be honest it's like you know when this happened everybody was like signing up to courses and they got lots of they think they got lots of time and stuff and then you realize that where did the day go you know especially now in ramadan because we're fasting and it's like well oh, it's siri and then now it's iftar and now the It's 10 o'clock. And it's like, well, what happened? You know, the day is just gone, you know. So, yeah, the time goes really quickly. But I guess, I mean, it's not not something that's spoken about a lot, certainly not in my uh, content that I put out. But the whole issue with mentally coping with this scenario is very difficult for a lot of people, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, I've I've written about about my personal battles with mental illness and anxiety and depression, that sort of stuff. So I can kind of relate um, to that, to how people are feeling. And it is that kind of isolation, literally. It's, you know, with humans, we need contact. We want to be hugged. We want to see people. We want to have conversations, whether it's about the weather or whether it's about something more serious. And I think it's something more stimulating and intriguing. And I think it is, I read something somewhere that, you know, the people are having much more vivid dreams. They're kind of going, having this stimulation when they're asleep.
0: Interesting. Because
1: they're missing that stimulation from getting yeah. on the tube, or certainly for Londoners anyway, yeah. getting on the tube, seeing their friends, going to the pub, yeah. busy, busy, lots of people around, hectic, hectic, stimulus, stimulus, stimulus. Yeah. And when it kind of you kind of narrow that kind of corridor of mentality, as it were, yeah. um, I think, you know, that's when the brain's like, oh, I need, I need something, so I'm going to, you know, play tricks on myself when I'm asleep. Wow. So wow. that's, um, that, I thought that was quite quirky, quite fun. And to be honest,
0: to be funny. honest, now that you mention it, that strikes a chord. Actually, I think you know, I, I, yeah. I think I have experienced that a little bit. That's that's bizarre. I just thought because I was sleeping too much, maybe that's what it was.
1: Yeah, it, that's what it is. I, I was intrigued by that, and I kind yeah. of, I, 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 you know, obviously, I devour media because yeah. it's my job, and I need to know what's going on, who's saying what about this, and the other. So, um, yeah, that picked up, and that was kind of uh, quite quite interesting.
0: So just so before we move on to the main topic, which obviously is automotive, so your quick tips for people that are in this situation, from 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 that side of things, just having to cope with it, you got any advice or tips?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think a, a routine is good, um, whatever that is. It doesn't have to be you know nine every hour on the hour, but kind of a waking routine. Uh, whatever that is i wake up i kind of i take some cbd oil personally i take some vitamin d because i'm not not allowed outside much yeah take, you know that's I something i realized
0: yeah, yeah yeah i've started doing that as well because yeah yeah exactly lack like of sun people don't realize how much it affects you yeah go on
1: absolutely so i do that and then i kind of you know get and then i'll have to do some stretches that sort of stuff and yeah i was i'm i'm quite fit and i i find exercise very helpful um, try to have some structure to your day. I think, that you know, I mean, I write a to do list every day, not just for the work I have to do, yeah. but kind of like, right, I'm going to set the intention. I'm going to make sure that at 6.30, I'm going to clock off work. I'm going to go into the garden or my bedroom and do a, a workout. whether that's just body weight, press ups or some dumbbells. But I've been said I've already looking forward to knowing what I'm going to do in the day. Yeah. So I try not to ever be that sort of, like when you're a kid, I'm, like, oh, I'm bored, I've got nothing to do, what should I do, I'm not inspired. I I find kind of putting activities in that are fun, um, yeah. that I find rewarding, or it doesn't have to be as testing as, right, I'm going to learn a course, or I'm going to learn a new language, which is can be quite quite a big commitment, quite a big goal. But it's about, on a day-to-day basis, I mean, I think that's it, on a day-to-day basis, take it as it comes. But having that little bit of foresight for what you're going to yeah. do in that day um you know there might be some work you need to do there might be a kind of yeah. boring task you've been procrastinating about and it's been weeks now it's like just get it done just yeah. go and say right today's the day i'm going to get it done and then oh you feel so much better anyway because you've achieved yeah.
0: something yeah um, sense, sense, sense of purpose sense of achievement that sort of thing just giving yourself you're just keeping your mind and your body occupied
1: yeah, exactly. I think going yeah. through, I walking is absolutely essential. Yeah. We've been told half an hour, get out and use a half an hour, yeah. even if it's yeah. walking around the block five times. Yeah. But get yeah. into nature, get into fresh air. Look yeah. up, look at the sky, look at the trees, yeah. breathe in the air. It all sounds very simple and kind of new wave, whatever. But it's so important. You know, your body needs oxygen, your body needs yeah. stimulus and all that sort of stuff. I find, yeah. I find that's very good. And one, yeah. one final tip on that is, even if you do, it always, I always, first thing in the morning, I always make my bed. Um, yes. I think there was, a, there, was, yes. there was a Marine sergeant who said in one of his big speeches. Yes, yes, yes. That's about, right. Yeah, the yeah. The important thing to do is make your bed. Yeah. And it really is. Because even if you do nothing for the rest yeah. of the day, you've done something. That's it. So, yeah. Um, make I'll your,
0: your bed, up. make your bed, and get dressed.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the of thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Shout, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, no, that's really good advice.
1: Achievements. They don't need to be big things. Little, 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 little.
0: It's little victories little victories keep you going that's no, no, it isn't exactly. it yeah so you've touched on something there with the uh with the environment and stuff now and that's quite key and it kind of I'm going to segue that into what we're going to be talking about which obviously was automotive but you know last night me and the wife were looking out the back window going my goodness we're going to see stars you know and we're like in northwest London and to be able to do that is actually quite remarkable but that's one of the key things like so when I've been out for walks and I'm like wow you know, the air tastes and smells different, you know, because of the, the lack of pollution. But on the other hand, that kind of sucks because we are car people. And, <laughs> and, that's, and that's where we come from. And we, so where did we meet? We met in Dubai. When, was that the Camaro event that we met at or was that before uh, that?
1: I think the first time we kind of looked upon each other and shook hands was at, um, yeah, the Chevrolet Camaro launch in June 2009.
0: 2009 yeah yeah yeah
1: wow. first week of june
0: 2009 yeah. yeah so you so you were so you started off here you were already in the uh, in the pr arena um and then you, you then you told me you were you were headhunted to dubai
1: yeah very much so i, I started my pr career about 20 years ago kind of january 2000 in the whole new millennium new Tom, new career new life all that sort of stuff um and i cut, I cut my teeth in kind of working with general motors and um, their finance arm, Vauxhall finance in the UK, and their kind of G- their fight GMA, General Motors Acceptance Corporation, which bit the dust in two thousand and eight, but that was their finance arm. It was yeah. very much involved in the kind of leasing of cars, the finance of cars, so voxel finance, that sort of yeah. stuff, and then also kind of car supermarkets right, right. Um, that was a brand new thing in those times. So GM was kind of I was involved in everything but the metal yeah. effectively. Um, so that that gave me a kind of a, a rich experience about who but so, you.
0: But, but, but so, were you into cars at the time, or, or was that, or did you start getting into cars at that point? Cause you said, no, you know, because it, it's interesting. You just said everything but the metal, and there's like a tinge of frustration there.
1: There, there was there was yeah. a bit of frustration there because I've I've been a car guy. I mean, I've, I've, since I was a kid, you know, I yeah. used to, go to walk around the street when I was six, seven, and go, "Oh, that's a Renault Five, that's yeah. a Ford Cortina." Oh. Yeah. You know, I always yeah. love cars. I'm one of those, those sort of people. So. So when I started my career, i kind of always hoping to get into that kind of play with the cars and mm-hmm. the car PR or drive them or whatever. Um, but that, that was close enough, that kind yeah. of finance arm. It was frustrating. It wasn't kind of, it was so close, but not quite there. And I, yeah. oh, I can yeah, yeah, smell the yeah. new car, smell, but you're not yeah. allowed in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. um, You're like, can I, I'll
0: park the car. I'll just park it. It's fine. Just give me the key. I'll just park it. It's fine. Yeah, you know? yeah, just,
1: just, <laughs> But we, yeah, we, we, we kind of sold the finance for them. But but the, the, the thing that kind of kept me going through there, I mean, a, I was eager to learn. I was only I was yeah. twenty two or something. I was a yeah. kid didn't know anything. Um, was the fact that we could get all the car magazines in and subscribe yeah. to them because yeah. that was I had to read those and yeah. that was you know I need to know what's you know we wanted Vauxhall Finance to get into these yeah magazines. yeah. It's, 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 it's,
0: you know for for our younger viewers car magazines are those paper things with covers and backs yeah, on them yeah, and yeah, they have yeah, they have awesome. pictures they have Don't pictures me. and text <laughs> in them <Yeah. laughs> they they used to be very popular back in the day i know that they're not a thing anymore yeah, yeah. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, you've sure. of more flimsy ones, you had got ones that yeah. came out every week, you've got yeah. kind of thicker ones. That
0: really I know, I know. I was, it's, it's quite tragic, I was, I was so, talking about this the other day, um, with actually with, with, the, with, a, with a previous guest, and I was just out of curiosity looking at figures, for circulation figures for magazines, and I remember you take, for example, Top Gear in its heyday, and I think it was between half a million and three quarters of a million uh, monthly circulation, yeah. you know, and now it's still a leading magazine, but now it's 80,000 copies. It's like, wow wow back in the day it would have been shut down immediately for that you know that's incredible yeah but yeah that's a that's yeah, a whole yeah. different era but just the excitement i suppose it's like when i used to go to motor shows i used to like collect brochures of course now i don't want to be weighed down at yeah, motor I shows guess, if i do guess. go yeah yeah so so yeah. now so yeah. you found so you got your foot in the door and you were in in pr And we're not we're not going to like go through every detail step of of, of no, what no, you're doing no. but the very unique experience of automotive PR in the Middle East. And I think this is something that we should talk a little bit about because, you know, I think a lot of people see in the Middle East as like, well, that's a war zone or it's a backwater or, you know, it can't be very sophisticated out there. But I mean, you were in PR here and then you were in PR there. What, what, what did you find that's, that really struck out to you as either being quite well developed or not developed?
1: Um. Yeah, just I think just to go back to the headhunting, yeah, because that, I had that general Motors experience at the start, I got, I had that, that's what took me to Dubai, knowing yeah. the GM. Yeah. Um, in terms of, so in terms of looking just to set the scene for the, for your viewers, um, mm-hmm. but in terms of the kind of PR side of things, it was, it was very fast in Dubai. I mean, Dubai is a very fast market. Um, everyone's rushing, everyone's everything, yes, everyone's now, 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 yeah. now. Um, and so it was kind of, it took me a bit of time to adjust to the speed of that. Um, and certainly when I worked with GM, we had a very, very driven client. I worked at the agency. I worked at yeah. the agency side and I was parachuted in to kind of help the team out who were having a tough time um, the end of the business whatever. So, um, so we had a very demanding client. Um, and so it kind of, her standards were very high. And so trying to kind of bring a team up who are kind of being controlled to a certain extent by this client. Yeah. Um, and kind of protect them, they'd kind of lost their confidence, they had lost their leadership, that sort of stuff. So I found it It was a very kind of fast start. It was very yeah. like, wow, okay, this isn't what you told me in the interview. So wasn't lit- literally jumping
0: yeah. into the deep end there uh, and learning, learning to swim as you go sort of thing.
1: Absolutely. And I think yeah. you always want to do that in every job, but it was yeah. kind of like, really this is really kind of, like kind of uh, there's deep and then there's a kind of Mariana Trench deep. And it's like, <laughs> well, this is really quite, quite deep. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think, But it was what I liked about the kind of the variety of PR there was in the Middle East was that you had you had a very big team, a very big team on GM. A lot of personalities, a lot of kind of. It took a bit of time to figure out how big and who those people were and what their role was on this account. How it was going to work and 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 the team, and then also how that team gelled with the agency. Um, The the account at the time, General Motors, was a very big PR account, biggest in the region.
0: It is, yeah, it's it's massive, yeah
1: paying a lot of money. They had a big yeah. huge amount of brands, mm-hmm. a lot of corporate anxious, yeah. paying us a lot of money. And so to come in and kind of have to fix this problem quite quickly was um, yeah, that was that was a kind of I would say a rude awakening, but it was yeah. a, it was wow, okay, welcome to Dubai. <clears throat> you gotta, gotta get so,
0: so when you when you say, you know, coming coming in and having to fix the problem, I mean what exactly was the issue if you're able to say?
1: I think there was I think, as I said, we had a very demanding, very kind of, I will not say tough because that would be unfair, but demanding client set very high standards. As you, as one, would, yeah. you know, you're a hefty five figures a month yeah. for this. You, what you yeah.
0: and, and, and to put it into perspective for people, to put it into context, this is one of the biggest manufacturer dealer network in the region you know, across several brands, you know, so it's not, it's not just like, you know, one brand. It's like, you know, uh, we, we've got Chevrolet at the time, you had Hummer, and I see one just over your right shoulder there, um, you know, and, and, and a whole bunch of other brands, the GMC and all the rest of it. So it's a, it's a big outfit, a big sort of, one would say a big lumbering machine, a lumbering machine, you know, so to try and get that back on course, I guess that's a, that's a task.
1: And, and, and so you had yeah, the, the, the brands you mentioned, Chevrolet, GMC, Cadillac, Hummer, Saab at the time,
0: and then you had AC
1: Delco, which is their kind of used parts. Then you had the corporate business, and then some kind of CSR, corporate social responsibility. But also when I arrived, it was kind of 2008, 2009. So GMUS, this was in having a big trouble of the big three going to the wall with Ford and Chrysler. You had the bailouts, you had the TARP funds. So, you know, obviously, GM Middle East is a very separate entity from GM, yeah. GM US. But when you've got a backdrop of global headlines saying, GM in trouble, GM leading bailout, and then you add into the fact that General Motors has been in the Middle East since, you know, for 84 years. Yeah, Part yeah. of the fabric of the Middle East, yeah. you know, the gyms, the GMCs, yeah. you know, the off-road, very yeah. popular in Saudi Arabia. So you've kind of got this kind of juxtaposition of a lot of things need to be doing, we need to kind of, Keep, you know, General Motors Middle East needs to separate itself from the kind of bad news of what's yeah. happening in the US, but also by by pushing out new cars, yeah. exciting new models, keep keeping you know, as business as usual here, but you've yeah. got that sort of specter in the background of, um, you know, what's going to happen and when's, when and that kind of built up into June of that year yeah. um, in kind of the chapter 11. And so that's when I talk about when I work in issues and crisis, leading General Motors Middle East through that issues yeah. and crisis. Yeah. That global bankruptcy problem um was hugely influential to my career. I still I still use the lessons I learned then mm. very much almost every day today. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of thank the client that I worked with at the time who who kind of who drove us and we had a very good, good relationship to kind of mm. save GM in the Middle East and its reputation and protect it by so, pushing out these incredible models.
0: So it's interesting that you talk about that. I mean, of course, we're now looking at a scenario where you know, the industry, industries around the world, you know, aviation, whatever, they're all on their knees right now. And everybody's looking at, well, what is going to happen? They're talking about potentially, you know, the deepest recession the UK has had in history as far as they can as yeah, far as they can look back you know um, and of course the car industry is on its knees I mean I put up an article the other day about you know sales mm-hmm. in, in April being 97.3 percent down you know and it's going to take a while for consumer confidence to return for factories to start up again so based on what you learned at the time if you were in a mm-hmm. in a sage-like position where the industry was coming to you and saying Tom, how do we get out of this? What do we do? What would be your sort of, you know, say, key, three key things?
1: Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's quite a tough question. It,
0: um, it is. It's, a, it's a, so literally the million dollar question, you
1: know. <laughs> I, I, I think the current, as you've said, I mean, as you said, I mean, I work with consumer brands. I work with uh, Adidas and uh, they're, they're, they're sort of 97% down, 95% down. That's kind of commonplace across the world. No yeah. one's, there's no consumer confidence. No one's worried. Everyone's no worried about where their money's going to come yeah. from. They certainly can't kind of afford it on luxuries like, you know, the trainers and new cars, which is obviously the second biggest expense they're going to make. But yeah. I think it's I think what's what what the car industry specifically should do now is figure out use this time to figure out how it's going to reposition itself. I think yeah. this this what's happening in COVID across the world is a great a correction a reset. An yeah. opportunity to take stock about positively negatively yeah. uh, the whole thing the yeah people's lives and business and industry yeah. and pollution whatever it is is—and yeah. um, i think those those car those brands that are now figuring out what the future looks like and yeah. really kind of looking at the data i think yeah. you know their data is ubiquitous really knowing their customer and what they want and i think yeah. the current has I would say been lazy but because it's because it's a very sexy industry it's cool cars you make cool stuff come and buy it yeah cool it's a new one come and get it that's all, all that sort of kind of chips in the bank as it were are now gone so yeah. I think um, and you know, and the expensive cars, and obviously the pollution question you talked yeah. about earlier—is is electric the only way forward? I think eventually yes, but yeah. for the petrol heads like you and I, we still want to hear the rumble of a V eight, the purr yeah. of a V four. Know, yeah. Now, yeah. um, it's still—it's there's still a the market for that very much, so. So, so let
0: road. me. Let, so you said something there. Let me pull you up on that because you talked about our car is still cool, and I think one of the things that we're looking at now is an increasing interest because of this situation. I mean, they're talking about, and I keep quoting these figures in these interviews, but 48% of uh, people that use the uh, public transport are like, they don't want to use it again. 56% of people with licenses that didn't own a car now want to own a car. So suddenly there is this a renewed interest in cars, which on the one hand, I'm like, I'm quite excited about because I think that's a little bit of hope, you know, the reason for optimism there that actually people might start, you know, the car has been demonized for so long, you know, um, you know, and and maybe some some of that is going to be lifted off the car and people are going to be like, no, cars are cool again. You think, you think that's cars are the new black?
1: I don't know. Cars are the new black. I, I it reminds me, I, I love black. I, I post on my Instagram about any color so long as it's black. It is, isn't it, it? Yeah, what's the hashtag? I know, know? Whenever I see a cool car, that's why the, the H1's black. Yeah. Um, but our cars, I think, I think what cars... People are going to kind of seek solace in cars because it's protection. I'm not sitting next to a stranger. It might be coughing. You know, they're not yeah. um, isolating machines ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. But what, what... Certainly for London, I think that there are going to be... But, you know, London can't cope with hundreds more cars. They're trying yeah. to kind of... London's trying to move into more bicycles and yeah. cycling and that sort of stuff. But that's not to say that cars around the world aren't going to do that. I think, yeah. I think now's the opportunity in between to kind of merge that desire for people to, to be safe in their cars. Yeah. I'm not talking about if they crash into someone else. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I'm isolated. Exactly. I'm in my bubble, um, and how that mixes with how they can, you know, how could they can use the car? How what the regulations are? How can they actually get around? Because if yeah. we all go into our cars, we're not going to go anywhere. We're just going yeah. to go to the end of the road and sit in traffic. And, you know, it, yeah. or, or, or do this, you know. <laughs> Certainly, in London anyway. And I think, but. Um, I can think. Looking about the electric side of things, you, you know, what struck me when I came back from Dubai was the amount of Priuses around, and they're electric. Oh yeah,
0: cars, yeah, 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 All
1: Uber drivers. They're and, all Ubers, yeah. And, yeah, they're all Uber drivers, and good, good for them. Um, yeah. But I think that you, I, you know, there are a lot of those around. So if you were to kind of tr- triple, quadruple the amount of Uber yeah. drivers or electric cars flying yeah. around, it would just kind of clam up again. Sadly, I
0: think it would. It would
1: it's it's a, it's a delicate balance as far as I see it between yeah people are going to want to go into their cars but how can we how can they actually do that that's
0: that's the um, tricky question that i think one of many many questions that are you know we're grappling with and that will need to be answered after we we come out of this there was a survey I can't remember the exact number but I think it was something like you know maybe maybe three or four percent I'm, I'm, I'm probably wrong i'll put it on the screen later but there, recently there was a survey saying that because there was a number of people who are looking forward to getting back into the cars and getting back to driving and there was actually a figure i think it was three percent of people actually looking forward to being stuck in traffic i'm like
1: exactly who looks forward
0: to that but anyway but let's move back to uh dubai and you worked at gm you worked at mercedes and you handled amg so from from so from from wanting to get your hands on the metal to getting a hold of some serious 100%. metal there right. <laughs>
1: Yes, I mean, that was the thing, the kind of the, the, the dream came true. Um, you know, the, the five-year-old boy was kind of dream, suddenly kind of materialised. Um, yeah, we used to do, we used to kind of move to, um, moved move agencies to look after Daimler, Middle East and Levant, which is obviously, which then became Mercedes-Benz passenger cars. Um, but yes, ultimately Mercedes-Benz. And when, obviously, I was licking my lips at that opportunity, I was, I was going to be the account lead and um, really kind of like, yeah, well, we've got tick the Americans box now. Now, now we've got some real metal. Yeah. The but, <laughs> yeah. um, and we used to do these um the kind of the most popular most popular kind of event of the of the every year would be the amg performance tour that's uh, right uh, yeah yeah Abu Dhabi, I've, I've, Circuit. I've
0: done a few of those
1: Yeah. yes i know all thanks <laughs> to me <Yeah>. um, <laughs> i appreciate it i appreciate it yeah. um, but, but um but it's yeah so that was kind of like that was the sort of pinnacle and you know you've got all the brand new amg cars the c63 the cls you you know the whole all of them kind of you know got about 12k on the clock if not less so they're brand new and yeah we'd have 40 media and they'd come in and we would you know as as pr we would entertain them and you know sit in the cars and then what was great about mercedes benz and what was great about the client frank and ali and the the guys there was that you know when you sat in a journalist with a car you do two three laps they would drive and then then you'd swap because yeah. it's important that as PR, and we, we need to know what this feels yeah. like. We want to be yeah. part of the event. We've got yeah. to write this coverage. We've got to write the press, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that sort of like, right, here you go. You want to swap around now? It's like, yeah. I get to drive this SLS, and G G T around the yeah. Azkut circuit <laughs> with the world's longest straight. It's like, yeah. that's <laughs> and that was work. Yeah. That was, work.
0: A, that, was a, work. that is it's when you say like fast. greatest job in the planet, isn't it? It's that sort of thing, you know. It really is. But, but now, we've, now we've moved on to journalists, right? So I've got to ask you, all right, best and worst journalists. You don't have to name them, but come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I remember when I interviewed with Mercedes. The client said that there was this one journalist who's um, one journalist who's really difficult, really a pain in the, you know what, constantly griping and all this sort of stuff. And luckily, we never had any dealings with this man. He kind of, right. I think we kind of managed him out of the press right. altogether. Um, but I think there was some. I, I mean, I think. There was a huge variety of guys. There was a lot of egos, obviously, we had to kind of manage. Um, certainly the more kind of T V guys who were all yeah. about look at me, here I am, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that was um and because some of these people had reputations that preceded them. Yeah. Um and you kind of you listen to the team as I talked about, I had yeah. a big team and they all knew these guys and they know, Oh, this guy behaves like this, and if you don't do this for him, he's gonna kick off and yeah. it? I'm not having any of this nonsense. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, get to know them one on one, and the same way we've got to, we got to know each other, and, and just kind of understand what their real needs are. Why are yeah. they kind of throwing their weight around? Oh, it's because he didn't get this, or why was, why doesn't he work with that videographer? Oh, it's because that happened. Okay, yeah. now I understand. So it's all about kind of, as in all relationships, it's about understanding a people, who people are their character. also what they really need from what can i give them that's going to make them feel good going to make them look good and going to make them do their job really well yeah um and i think there was i mean there were no real disasters i think there was i think there was one we had one crash once a minor bump at uh at yaz and one of these amg events when kind of a helmet came off and one of the journalists couldn't see and it was a bit of a it was a bit of a wasn't a disaster no one was no one was most importantly, no one was hurt. Mm. just the cards. At the end of the day, but that was the only sort of kind of that was probably the worst thing that happened. Yeah. Um, I think we had. I think what 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 was interesting with with GM was, was the client was hugely protective of their brand, understandably, and the brands yeah. and this stuff. So, and whenever a kind of negative or less yeah. than not glowingly positive, but yeah. you know, generally kind of negative or really quite negative or maybe. Yeah. a Snippy remark about the handling's pretty rubbish or yeah. the brakes are a bit spongy. This yeah. um, client would get very, very defensive. Yeah. And so it would be kind of, why can't, she can't do that. Those journalists yeah. can't say that. This yeah. is ridiculous. Um, but I think so. That was kind of needed a bit of managing there. And certainly with the. So, the, the so, so, so I'm going to jump
0: in there because I'm probably one of the people that caused that because I remember. And I, know, I, know, I know, let's get into specifics because I remember it was the Camaro. Sure. It was actually the Camaro event. Because the Camaro was actually a car that I'd been really looking forward to. I was really, really looking forward to it. I love the CSV CR8. Do you remember that car? That was based, oh, yeah, on, based on the, on the Holden. Well. And over here, we know it as a Vauxhall VXR8. That's a yeah, That's something right. like that. And, and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And I knew that the Camaro was going to be based on that same chassis and pretty much had the same engine and stuff like that. And then I drove this thing. We did a, and it was a good launch. It was a proper route. You know, Unlike today's launches. it was a full day driving and it was a proper route. And I knew many of the roads that we were driving on. So I was very familiar with the roads. Um, but when I got back, there was something about the back of that car that had really bothered me. The the the, mm. the rebound rate and the suspension of the back just wasn't working. And uh, I was quite fortunate that one of the engineers was on the event and I sort of cornered him as soon as we got back to the base. And an engineer being an engineer, and unchaperoned as he was at the time, he opened up and he said, he said, yeah, I think you're right. You know, <laughs> you know he, he, he seemed crestfallen himself, you know, that something wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. quite right with the car. So I had that on record. Um, and then I went away and I wrote this thing. And of course I had an email. <laughs> I don't know who he
1: came from. <laughs> Wasn't me. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
0: but to be fair, I think in that instance, it's one of those cases where you, you turn it around and you turn it into a positive because my concerns were addressed. They were taken seriously. I, I was somehow the only person that had raised this issue. Um, and in fact, there there the was cause to say that no, there was an issue with the cars on the launch. We will get another car to you. And you know, to all credit. You guys did, and yeah, and it was yeah, sorted. Yeah. You know, it was actually a yes,
1: better setup. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. now I know there was a kind of you wrote starting slightly, slightly iffy piece, but mm. no, that was, that was a really positive. I think that that kind of we had some bad negative coverage, not from you, but another journalist about on a, another but Chevrolet Traverse launch in January, in which the client had been really quite sharp. Mm. Whereas this this thing was kind of like, well, let's work with Shazad, yeah. and let's yeah. comment. Let's okay, he's raised a flag rather than say oh you're talking rubbish you boy, oh, well, you don't know anything about anything yeah. let's kind of work together and turn that around yeah. and i thought that was a that kind of showed a kind of change both in in the kind of the running of the account but the kind of how the clients and that sort yeah. of less prickly and more collaborative and i you know I, obviously it was the me the go between between that and yeah. i think from there on in we had um very few issues oh it reminds me we had we had one issue where um, with a with a Cadillac CTS V, which was mm. a hugely powerful sedan, you know, not to yeah. sixty three point
0: four I love that car, point yeah.
1: yeah. 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 really cool a little Alcantara, yeah. really mean, aggressive. Love it. And love I think it. one of one of the publications journalists decided to take it to the autodrome. Right, and right. told us all oh. the cars they're gonna take it to the right, Autodrome. Right. And smash it into a wall, and it's like, Oh, I've got airbags I blown th- up, th- I, airbags. Think,
0: I, th- I think I know who that was and which magazine. I won't say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: won't say because yeah. you know that's code of PR, we don't want to um yeah. Yeah. knife anyone. But there was yeah. a very, very tense meeting at G- General Motors Middle East HQ yeah. between yeah. the journalist, the publisher, uh, my client, obviously, and the kind of and the, and the guy who was overseeing the whole test drive. Yeah. It was a very sort of tense meeting, and I remember. Guy was pouring with sweat I'm you know, uh, so really sorry about this. The publisher <laughs> was so apologetic. Ooh, don't want to uh, stop my relationship with General Motors forever uh, because I need you guys.
0: Yeah, it is crazy, it's crazy. We 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 are we we are over our thirty minutes already, but before we go, we want to talk, I just want to touch on, you know, because we've talked about journalist there and and by the way i will just add just to finish that story off that after we had that thing with the camaro i actually had a really good until you know until i left dubai i had a fantastic relationship with the uh, with general motors and i think what you said about because i've often been asked this question regarding pr is like what's the most important thing in pr is it the press releases is it the car launches is it the gifts? Is it the goodie bags. And I've always said, no, it's the relationships. That's the most important thing. And, you know, we've had a great relationship over the years. And mm-hmm. I've also subsequently had a great relationship with GM. And that always helps. Mm-hmm. But just quickly, in terms of the, the scope of media, because, of course, nowadays we're not just talking journalists. We're talking influencers and other media and lifestyle media. You know, how, how do you cope with that situation where you've got people with different, different, um, different objectives, different needs, different wants, and, and ultimately different forms of output?
1: I think i mean you 've obviously got seen the rise of influencers and um, mm. more kind of in the more latterly, obviously and, and you know people have kind of influencers because they 've got eyeballs seem to outweigh journalists who can actually write about product, um, and I think that balance has been kind of skewed a bit too much of yeah. it's just everyone 's got to see it everyone 's got to see it rather than yeah. actually what are they going to see what do they really know about it yeah, and I think yeah. that journalism um is that that skill to be able to write about a car and how it performs based yeah. on having done that for 10, 5, 15, 20 years whatever yeah. Um i think that really holds really holds value and i think it's vital that you know we talked about magazines all collapsing and yeah. all this sort of stuff but yeah, but like like people want to read good stories yeah. they want to read yeah. proper copy yeah. um in this you know this era of fake news and all this nonsense people want to you know, motoring journalists are experts. They're going to know how to describe what the burble of the sound's like versus mm-hmm. this car versus that car or yeah. what it feels like and yeah. make you kind of, because they know, that's what yeah. they do. Whereas influencers going yeah. kind to of make it look cool. It's yeah. all very on the facade. And I think that's right. I think that journalism will never die. And certainly in the automotive space, because petrolheads want to read about what petrolheads have to say about things. Yeah. And just because we're not able to go on these amazing launches or drive yeah. these incredible new cars, um, we want to feel like we can. Yeah. And that's why journalists are so so vital in that sense. Yeah. you want to scroll through Instagram and look at pictures of cool cars that yeah. know, pictures like I take a of you know black car yeah. here, great, do that. Hashtag cool cars, we yeah. have got all the content in the world. Um but if you're looking for someone, a real kind of expert who really writes about cars and the story to kind of it kind of nourishes the kind of my automotive yeah. soul in the same yeah. sort of way I'm sure it does yours.
0: Yeah. No, that's really good. I think, you know what? That's perfect. That's a great way to end this because that's, that's, a,
1: that's a note of
0: optimism at the end of this. This has been absolutely fantastic, uh, Tom. This has been a great Most conversation. It's, I think there's a lot of not only fascinating stuff in there but quite useful and helpful stuff in there as well. So, yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Thanks so much for doing this. And we're we'll yeah, let's, let's do this again soon. I'd love to. Great All to right. see you. Thank you very much for All the right. opportunity. Take, uh, care. Take care, buddy. All right. All Bye. Bye now. Whoa, that was a great conversation. Didn't I say that there would be some insightful information? In fact, there was some life coaching in there. Wasn't that fantastic? And of course, a unique uh, insight, a first hand insight into the uh, mechanism of PR uh, internationally, in fact, not so, just in the Middle East. And of course, I owned up to uh, occasionally throwing a cog or two into the works myself. But anyway, that was a fun conversation. Let me know what you thought of that in the comments below. Let me know if you've managed to catch some of the other conversations or what you think of those. Um, and who else, maybe you'd like me to talk to and what else you'd like to see on this uh, channel whilst you're doing that make sure you subscribe uh, to this uh, YouTube channel like comment share get other people to subscribe as well follow me on social media to search for hashtag brown Car Guy on instagram twitter facebook and of course uh subscribe to browncarguy.com and uh whilst you're at it if you're enjoying this content and you're enjoying these videos please consider supporting me on patreon.com forward slash shazad i'll put the link below and there you'll also find some very exclusive piece of content that is basically my sort of parody sequel of the original cannonball run movie it's a lot of fun I hope you enjoy it let me know what you thought of it if you get a chance if not please just continue to like share um, and comment on these on this and other content that I'm producing that's much appreciated thanks so much for watching and see you again soon